The second scripture passage for today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look. Your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. There's a lot of travel that occurs at the beginning of Luke's gospel. Mary travels to see Elizabeth in the first chapter. The second chapter opens up with Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem for a census. And our passage today starts out with Mary, Joseph, and Jesus traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover. I'm sure there are many sophisticated and highly researched opinions as to what travel means for Luke in this gospel. But from a personal perspective, I cannot help picturing Luke salivating at the opportunity to complain about the highway from Galilee to Jerusalem. I can hear him saying, you think D.C. and Atlanta are bad? Try the religious capital of the world. But in all seriousness, I believe that travel is a helpful avenue for us to enter into our passage for today. For a lot of us have experienced travel this Christmas season, and it was when Mary and Joseph were traveling that they realized Jesus was not with them, and they started to look for him. Luke uses the Greek word, and a zetun, or seeking, three times in describing Mary and Joseph's search for Jesus. And we all know that when things happen in threes, something bigger is going on. The first use of the word occurs when Mary and Joseph realize that they have not seen Jesus in a while. So they start to seek him, but they don't find him. Then they head back to Jerusalem to seek him there, but they do not find him for three days. And once they find him, 
Mary was seeking understanding when she asked Jesus why he left them. And Jesus responds with where he was and what he was doing. But Mary and Joseph did not understand him. So three times, Mary and Joseph were seeking Jesus, but they could not find him, and when they did, they did not understand. They couldn't quite get it. Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph seeking was not just an obligation. It was an emotional and physical search. When Mary finally confronts Jesus, she remarks that Mary and Joseph were adenumenoi. They were suffering. They were pained. Their seeking and not finding and not understanding was emotionally and physically taxing. So why would the lectionary give us a text of Mary and Joseph not finding and not understanding Jesus right after Christmas? This is the time of year where Jesus is finally born. The light has arrived. So why can't Mary and Joseph see it? While I was pondering this question, I found myself searching through various texts and material only to end up on a Firestone blog studying the intricacies of fog. The Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. But the interesting thing about driving in fog is that would seem simple and clear is actually not the case. For example, when one is driving at night through the back roads of greater Richmond and an intense fog suddenly comes upon the road, the initial instinct is to increase light. So let's turn on the high beams. But then you start to realize you can't see a thing. What is actually happening is that when the light hits the water molecules in the fog, the molecules reflect back the light. So one is literally surrounded by light, but cannot see the road ahead. I think we may have something in common with Mary and Joseph in this story. We were waiting a long time for Christmas. For four weeks we prayed. We prepared, we drew near, we waited for the Christ child. Then Christmas came, family arrived, food was had, carols were sung, and we celebrated the light that came into the world. Jesus was here, salvation was proclaimed, and we had a great time. And now, we have to go back to work. Now we have to go grocery shopping after worship because the grandkids ate all the leftovers. Now we make the transition out of Christmas and back into everyday life. Mary and Joseph are facing a similar situation. They too had their own holiday. They came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They traveled with family and celebrated a joyous annual festival. All was going well. The hope of God's deliverance of Israel was proclaimed in the Passover, and they were even able to celebrate it with their son, Jesus, who was a miraculous baby 
born to be the king of Israel and the son of God. And on the way home, back to their everyday life, they realized they lost him. And they didn't understand what he was doing. Sometimes the light is so bright in the brief period of time of the holiday that we lose our ability to see the road ahead. We search hard, but sometimes we do not find it. And even when we do, we do not always understand. Mary and Joseph felt this when they had to reconcile the redemption of Israel that the Passover proclaimed with the reality that their son was the one tasked to do it. And for us, it is figuring out how the good news of Christmas is relevant to our everyday life. A life that does not have the special feeling of a holiday, or a life that does not always have the peace, justice, and goodness that Christmas proclaims. I have a hunch that Jesus may have something helpful for our situation. Our text today contains the first time Jesus speaks in the Gospel of Luke. And the first words that come out of his mouth tell us two important things. We draw our attention to verse 49, which the NRSV translate Jesus saying, Did you not know I must be in my father's house? The first point I want to highlight here is notice Jesus' use of the words, my father. Luke is using some irony in this sentence and paralleling it with the line of questioning Mary has just asked the verse before. When Mary finally finds Jesus, she asks him, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been suffering seeking you. But Jesus responds, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? I have to admit, that's pretty sharp. But the sharpness that we experience from this response is not Jesus being disobedient. For the Greek grammar in this section indicate that Jesus is expecting an affirmative response. In other words, he is genuinely expecting Mary and Joseph to understand what he is talking about. So, he's not talking back. Instead, the sharpness that we hear is the revelatory nature of this statement. Jesus knows who his father is. And with the first words that come out of his mouth in the Gospel of Luke, we hear the good news proclaimed boldly, I am the Son of God. Jesus knows who he is, even at 12 years old. Through this statement, God is once again breaking into the existence of the world. No longer will the world and all those who inhabit it be separated from God. For God's Son is here, fully human, fully divine, experiencing the world the way we experience it, 
with all our excitement and sorrow, with all our pain and joy. The second thing that is happening in, this, in Jesus' statement concerns what the Son of God does once here on earth. When Jesus mentions he is in my Father's house, this phrase is actually vague in Greek. It is literally translated, I must be among the things of my Father. So one way to understand this text is not that Jesus is in a particular location that we all must frantically go seek and find, but instead the Son of God is God's presence on earth among us, concerned with the people and the work of God. So friends, this is not a story of a child who was proclaimed and then lost, Instead, it is a proclamation of what is and a call of what will be. Through this text, I hear Jesus reassuring us that as this Christmas season transitions into everyday life and as we turn our attention to the troubles of the world, there is no need to painfully search for God's presence. For Jesus is telling us, I am here. Instead, I hear Jesus calling us to the people and the work of his and our Father. So as the fog starts to dissipate and the road becomes clearer and more familiar, Jesus is calling us to follow the light that leads us to the newness of God's work in the world. For the past couple of Decembers, Google creates a video to culminate the end of the year. They show beautiful images and powerful clips of events that have taken place over the previous months. In only a couple of minutes, we watch the past year slip in and out of existence while simultaneously remembering huge events that have now become memories. And each year, these videos are centered around the most searched word on Google throughout the previous 12 months. The word for 2018 is good. So amidst Olympics and championships, soccer team rescues and new dance moves, eclipses and royal weddings, Wakanda and crazy rich Asians, Midterm elections, protests, border walls, refugees, fires, hurricanes, and loss of life, whether presidents, senators, or the saints in our own lives. The world was literally seeking for good news. And we have it. Through this child, there is no more separation from God and the world. Through this child, we hope the greatest hopes of resurrection and abundant life. Through this child, we are motivated to liberate, to heal, 
and to end poverty, hunger, and abuse throughout the world. So friends, as we return back to our day-to-day lives and usher in this new year, let us be assured that the Father is here with us. And let us heed the call of his Son to be concerned with God's people and to do God's work in the world. For the Son of God is here, and he is concerned with the affairs of his Father, as are we. Let us pray. God, as we transition out of this Christmas season and into our everyday life, open our eyes to see your presence. Open our ears to hear your call and move our feet on the path to do your work in the world. Amen.